I'm Jacob Weiss. I'm Logan Elrod. And we minored in film on today's episode. Before we get into the meat and potatoes, which is The Martian, uh, we're going to do, or I'm going to do a little review of James Wan's new movie, Malignant. Uh, I think we're probably going to maybe give a little preview of the uh, movies coming out in October 2021 this month. There's a lot of big stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, so. Next, we'll get started with my review of *Malignant*. Uh, Logan, I guess first, I know this is a movie that you kind of want to see. What's uh, what's your interest in this film? I think my interest is just like people talking about it. I think it's just got a lot of mixed reviews of people kind of bashing on the acting or mm-hmm. kind of loving how absurd it is. So it's just like. Mm-hmm. Which side do I land on, you know? I could have told you today, but, you know, stuff happens, guys. (laughs) Don't blame me. Blame the economy. (laughs) That's kind of the main reason I wanted to watch this movie, too, is because I'm not, like, a huge horror movie fan, and I probably wouldn't have normally watched this um, if it weren't just, you know, on HBO Max right now and it was easily accessible. I'd heard a lot of mixed things about it, too, so I was kind of curious what everyone was talking about. And uh, I totally get it now. I also get the polarizing opinions. And uh, this is definitely be a spoiler-free review because, in my opinion, like the entire fun of this movie is like the twists and stuff in it. So I'm definitely not going to give those away. Um so Malignant is, uh, like I said, directed by James Wan, written by Akila Cooper, with a story by Wan Cooper and Ingrid Visu. And Malignant, the description here, paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, a woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying realities. Uh, it sounds like such a basic plot, and the trailers make it look super basic and kind of like boring too i know james wan has done a lot of like the conjuring stuff which i actually haven't seen any of those i think some people thought this movie was going to be a lot like those um but from my understanding it's a lot different um this movie is starring annabelle wallace maddie hassan george young uh mccall brianna white Gene, Louisa Kelly, Susanna Thompson, Jake Abel, and more. I hadn't really heard much about any of these actors or actresses before, and um, I do agree with some of the criticism that you mentioned. You've heard from some people the acting wasn't great. <laughs> like, it was, I mean, I guess passable, but um, this movie's biggest strength is not in, like, the writing or <laughs> anything like that, the acting, but. Um, James Wan, he does do some really cool stuff with the camera and a lot of like really great mood setting, which is really cool. Um, but the biggest compliment I can give these this movie is just like how creative and unique it is as like a horror concept. Because um, the first half of this movie is super standard; it's pretty boring. Not much happens. Um, but from the first scene, you can kind of tell that it's going to be like a sort of weird, cheesy movie from the get-go. And he does lean into camp a lot in this movie, which um, I know some horror movies aren't doing as much anymore. They're taking it a lot more seriously, but he really full-on leans into the campiness of the horror genre with this film. Um, but about a little over halfway through, um, you know, there's a lot of different things going on in the movie you kind of start to get a feeling of how it might play out 
Um, and to an extent, I kind of got it right. But at the same time, with the big reveal is like so wild that like I couldn't have even thought that that's what it was going to be. Um, and that's when the movie got really, really fun. And um, like the way kind of the villain of this movie, even just like the way that it moves is like super creepy and looks like visually really cool on screen and is like super unique and it leads to some really awesome like action bits which i wasn't expecting um basically like the last third of this movie was just a bunch of like a, a bunch of action sequences and they just isn't really like unique like creative stuff with it and i was totally down for it so um yeah at the end of the day i would recommend this film for sure but just know that you're probably going to be bored for the first half. And if I were to ever watch this again, I'd probably just skip to like the last 30, 45 minutes and call it a day. <laughs> okay. I, you know, that was a pretty good review. Uh, you sounded like a spokesman for the movie until you said, don't wa- watch half of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like skip. I said, because really though, the first half is pretty like kind of boring and super like cliche like it doesn't really do much like unique in the first half um but it's all worth it it's worth getting through that for all like the craziness that is the end of the movie so i can i can definitely see understand people knocking off points for that Mm -hmm. because i did too because no matter how enjoyable the end is it still was boring in the beginning so um i think i gave it three out of five stars so a six out of ten because i did think it was good but not the whole way through (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You got me excited to go watch it. Um, I'll give you guys my thoughts via social media or something like that. Uh, don't count on it, though. The economy is pretty bad right now. <laughs> All right. So uh, hopefully yeah, you can watch that soon. And I guess we can kind of start talking a little bit about some of the movies coming out this month. There's a, there's a lot coming out soon. Yes. Um, finally, we get all these movies that have been pushed back and you know we're just really teasing us and it's finally happening (laughs) so i guess we can start uh i know venom just came out uh this weekend as we're recording this i have not seen it yet um i can't say i'm terribly excited for it i'm probably of course going to watch it anyway just because i try to stay up to date with all of the like superhero movies that come out and stuff like that what about you yeah, so I'm not excited at all, uh, especially since there's so many things coming out that does excite me. But uh, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it scored 90 million its first week, which is pretty good, uh, all things considered. Yeah, so that kind of got me excited, just because like, I, yeah, I mean, I people forget. are going to see it, so like, I kind of just want to. I guess I have FOMO. Like, let me go in the theater and watch it too. <laughs> Yeah, I guess people, I think I forget just how much people like the character of Venom. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't love the first movie. I remember thinking it was okay. I haven't seen it since I watched it in the theaters. But um, I think people just really love the character. But the one thing that does, I wouldn't say it excites me, but the one thing that gives me at least a little bit of hope for the sequel is that it's only 90 minutes long, yeah, which makes like me that. think that if nothing else, it's probably going to be pretty well paced and you know not have any like boring lulls in the middle of it so hopefully that'll play to its benefit i'm also kind of curious to see andy circus in the directing chair because i know he's done a couple of projects but um i don't know that i've seen any of them so i'm curious to kind of see what his directing style is 
I think he did some like other like Jungle Book movie about yeah. uh, what's his name like Mowgli, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't see it. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I haven't seen. I don't think any of these, but yeah, I I think I think I might actually go check it out. I don't. It's probably not gonna. What streaming platform would it be on? I don't know if it's on any. I think it's yeah. Just I don't think the it theaters. will be. That's how he gets you right now. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Nolan likes that. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, so coming up next, speaking well, I guess not really speaking of Christopher Nolan, he does he has said that he would potentially be interested in uh, tackling the character of James Bond one day if um, if he felt like needed and like he could bring something to the movie. He's gonna but, make um, it confusing. James Bond should not uh, (laughs) be a confusing movie to watch. I just (laughs) it shouldn't be. But honestly, I feel like some of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies have been kind of confusing at points. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes they got a lot going on. But uh, No Time to Die finally comes out this month. Um, I'm excited for it. I've never been a huge James Bond person. That's one franchise I've really been meaning to go back and revisit because I've only ever seen the Daniel Craig ones. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy them, but I've only seen them all probably like once each. But um this one looks exciting. The the trailers look great. Some of the the sequences like visually look super beautiful, so I'm excited for that. And I've yeah. heard uh, relatively positive things, so yeah, so far I've only heard positive things. I love Daniel Craig's James Bond. I've watched all of them multiple times. I've I don't I don't like any other James Bond except really Daniel Craig, Craig and Sean Connery's like Golden Finger. I don't like Pierce mm-hmm. Bronson. But anyway, yeah, I'm very excited because the stunts look very appealing in this movie, like visually and just like um. The, the villain too so i'm very mm-hmm. excited to watch this i think it'll be interesting and just to see how they wrap up daniel craig's bond yeah yeah and um i guess the next probably thing i'm most excited for this month is we're also finally getting dune i know it's been out in uh, some other countries for almost a month now but uh it'll finally be coming here soon directed Lucky. by denis villeneuve i know i'm so excited for this movie i'm kind of honestly feel like i'm I don't know. I hope I don't go into it with, I don't know. I hope I don't get disappointed because I've just been waiting for it for so long. Uh, Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. So positive vibes only. I'm going to go in there. (laughs) I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to have a great time and I'm going to scream, I guess. (laughs) I guess my one hope for this is it looks like it's going to be like, totally my kind of movie um mm-hmm. i don't know much about dune i've never read the book i, I never watched I tried. It's the, hard. um yeah i never <laughs> watched the book. david lynch movie but um bad i mean with uh denis villeneuve i mean he did blade runner 2049 which that was when i was super excited for and i watched it and it was honestly just kind of bored but i think that's because really? i'm not a huge i'm not a huge film noir person and i think that leaves Dude, I was in that theater kind of stuff. Oh my god! I was also by myself. So like, anytime you're in a theater by yourself, one, you're probably like a lonely nerd. But two, Mm -hmm. it's a great experience, (laughs) and you just have a blast. And God, it was that's like a film experience I'll never forget. And that's why Mm -hmm. I think I'm so hopeful for Dune because I'm like, I want that again. 
Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I know. I went to see Candyman the other day, and I was the only person in the entire theater, and and that was the most terrifying movie experience of (laughs) my life. I can't do that, (laughs) or I can't do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Also coming out um, this month is Last Night in Soho from Edgar Wright. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I love Edgar Wright, but honestly, from the trailers and everything, like I I can't say I'm terribly excited for it. Yeah. Um, it I, looks I very different thing, from yeah it looks very different from everything that he's yeah. done before um so if nothing else i'm kind of excited to see him take on a different kind of movie um so yeah that's what i'm looking forward to what else do we have halloween kills is coming out i remember enjoying the last I the see, last halloween movie I did. but i watched it it was a packed theater and maybe because like people were being annoying in theaters and i kind of just like you know like little kids screaming at murder (laughs) which i guess shouldn't take your kid to go see halloween but yeah i'm I'm not terribly like i feel like a lot of people are in love with in love with like the halloween series especially the original i think it's good but i'm just not Mm -hmm. it's just not for me personally yeah i've only ever seen the original and the kind of reboot that came out was Mm -hmm. a couple years ago yeah um which yeah i do i do i like both of them but um yeah i can't say i'm really looking forward to this next one at all i honestly don't even know if i'll go see it and then also maybe the french dispatch i I don't Mm -hmm. i think that'll be november to be honest yeah i have no idea with like wes anderson movies like that where it's like (laughs) they go on their like festival runs and then like only one in 20 theaters will actually like show it and i just i have no clue when to expect to see that movie but that is one i am looking forward to and i kind of want to watch the last duel because i just want to see ben affleck in that like weird white haircut and that weird (laughs) white goatee and just how i don't know I bet the writing is going to be horrible. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I've I've heard it's kind of I don't know if this is true, but I think I was listening to another film podcast a while oh, ago. Oh, what? You're kind of talking about this movie. I am. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I think that the three like writers, which I know is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and I honestly don't remember who the other writer is, but I think they each Jennifer like Lopez. wrote their parts, <laughs> their parts individually. And then kind of just mash them together. That's not good. That's not like good. from their individual perspectives. I think that's what I heard. So we'll see if Ridley Scott can un you know tangle whatever yeah. that mess is gonna be. And hopefully um, we'll give you all film reviews of these movies if the economy holds up. If the <laughs> Yes, this whole podcast is just based on the economy. <laughs> really? Uh, so yeah i guess uh speaking of ridley scott we'll use that to transition into talking about the martian yes you did uh the martian coming up after your ad break welcome back uh we are going to talk about ridley scott's 2015 film the martian uh this movie is about when astronauts blast off from the planet Mars, they leave behind Mark Watney, presumed dead after a fierce storm. With only a meager amount of supplies, the stranded visitor must utilize his wits and spirit to find a way to survive on the hostile planet. Meanwhile, back on Earth, members of NASA and a team of international scientists work tirelessly to bring him home while his crew mates hatch their own plan for a daring rescue mission. 
As I've said, this was directed by Ridley Scott, screenplay by Drew Goddard, music by Harry Gregson Williams, edited by Pietro Scalia, cinematography by Darius Wolski. This is adapted from the book The Martian, written by Andy Weir, uh, starring Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig, Jeff Daniels, Michael Pena, Kate Mara, Sebastian Stan, Sean Bean, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Donald Glover, and Axel Henney. So a completely stacked cast here. <laughs> um, <laughs> really ridiculous, honestly. There's like 20 yeah. A-list actors. Ridley Scott um, was like, can you do me a favor to literally anybody in his... <laughs> I guess he probably has like a a phone book like where he has phone numbers written down. It's probably not like uh-huh. in his phone. So he had a lot of <laughs> typing to do on his uh-huh. house phone. <laughs> uh the budget of this movie was a hundred and eight million dollars and the box office was six hundred and thirty point two million. So this was a very successful movie. And it got seven Oscar nominations for Best Actor, Best Picture, Visual Effects, Adapted Screenplay, Production Design, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. However, it won zero of them. L. Um I know. That's a that's a lot of nominations to not to not win anything. That's how the um, cookie crumbles. I know. We could... I don't know. We're not going to get into the whole Academy <laughs> Awards thing. Um, <laughs> I feel like we so always this do. Is, <laughs> this is your spoiler warning for the rest of the episode. We are going to be talking about all the details of The Martian, so you have been warned. So, Logan, go I know... Right I think now. you said... Yes, honestly, go watch it right now. I was actually... Um, I don't know if I'd say I was surprised... <laughs> but I was looking at um uh my letterboxed and almost all of my friends that I follow had like logged this movie. So I think this is one of those movies that like most people have probably seen. Um except for you. I know I think this was your first time watching it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've read the book and I I love the book. Um I don't know why I didn't watch it because I remember when it had all those nominations in I don't know, twenty sixteen Oscars mm-hmm. or whatever. So, uh, I guess it's just, like, one of those that's, like, maybe I just didn't have the time or just was watching other things. Or sometimes I'll get in a thing where, like, new movies will come out, but I'm just watching, like, a bunch of the classics. So, that might have happened. But I'm very glad that I ended up, like, seven years or whatever (laughs) watching it. Uh, Because I feel like I started remembering the book more once the movie you know i was watching the movie and it it did pretty well to stick to the book of course there's like major things that change but I, like that's in any adaptation mm-hmm. and yeah. but i the one thing i was worried about is like will it stick to like mark watney's personality and mm-hmm. i think it did a lot and that's what makes the character so appealing and um so I just enjoyed the movie even more knowing that like his personality is kind of the same. Yeah. Yeah. And just, which I think go on. I was just gonna say, I think that nailing Mark Watney was so necessary for this Mm -hmm. movie to keep that character the same like that, because, um, I mean, 
you really need all of that humor and personality in order to make people like pay attention to all of, like the science talk that's going on because mm-hmm. people would be so bored out of their minds if he's just like they're talking about growing potatoes on mars like without making it entertaining so yeah i think it was definitely like absolutely necessary Which is one for of the them best to keep parts that of the part movie. of the character i don't know yeah i just it but I love how the movie had all little spices and flavors in there of comedy, suspense, sci-fi. Like, you, you, you kind of had every kind of thing thrown in there, um, except mm-hmm. for the kind of weird romance that totally failed because, <laughs> I mean, it, it was just not necessary. In the book, it, there's, just like, a lot more in-depth uh what romance are you talking about with like sebastian stan and kate mara yeah it was just, okay know, okay very unnecessary <laughs> but anyway yeah uh but yeah i loved it and i just like how you know it shows a positive outlook on humanity which you don't really see often anymore yeah i think that was something that really kind of impacted me more on this viewing of it um because, I mean, I've always enjoyed the movie. I loved it from when I first saw it. Like we've talked about the the writing, the cast, the production design is great, the direction, the humor, like all of that. Um, and, like, I love the survival aspect of this movie, too, and how, like, you know, not only does Mark Watney have to do everything perfectly in order to survive, but there's also hundreds of people back on Earth that have to do their jobs perfectly, as well as his crew in the space station that have to do their jobs perfectly or it's going to fail. And so the stakes are crazy. And um, so all that's just so exciting. But, the you know, the movie, of course, has this message about, you know, it's like hope and working together. And, like, I mean, it's so, like, kind of, like, painfully optimistic. But at the same yeah. time, I kind of felt like I needed that when I watched it last I week. I think it is needed. Because... Because I've always liked the movie, but for some reason, when I watched it this time, like, whenever he was, you know, talking to, um, wow, I'm totally, Bryce Dallas Howard, I'm drawing a blank on her character's name, but whenever he kind of made contact with her and was talking on the radio, and he was about to lift off on Mars to try and go up to them, and he started getting all choked up and stuff, it got me all choked up. Mm. I had little, like, tears in the corner of my eyes, and I got, like, so many, like, chills whenever like they confirmed that they rescued him and everyone like back on earth started like cheering and stuff. And like, it just, I just like felt so emotional and, um, yeah. So it's just, I don't know something, I guess about the thought of people trusting science and trusting each other and working together in the face of terrible odds to come out, you know, victorious about something. Um, I mean, I feel like that's very relevant today um, (laughs) with everything we've been facing the last year so i think that was just kind of a powerful message this time around and uh i know logan you probably see me wiping my eyes in the camera right now but that's just because they itch and not because i'm feeling emotional (laughs) i I know it's because um (laughs) jacob has a little kitten so i knew that's what it was but uh it's kind of weird you're talking about this when you don't believe in global warming um (laughs) (laughs) that is not true (laughs) um but no man i totally agree with you it is needed because we're the everything is so polarized nowadays and it's just Mm -hmm. to see something that's you know has a good message uh maybe a little fairy tale to it but it makes you smile makes you smile Mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, and I also really love that the focus of this movie is on the whole problem solving aspect of the situation yeah, rather than like, because I, f- I find that just so much more interesting and like refreshing as opposed to like focusing on, on like the psychological distress that like he must be facing being isolated on Mars. And like, yeah. they like very briefly touch on stuff like that. But I like that that wasn't the main focus because I feel like that's the kind of thing that we've seen so many times in other movies um so it's kind of exciting just to focus more on like the how do we get out of this situation than how am i feeling mentally in this situation i think that was a good direction to take it yeah i think so too i just like the whole aspect of like i this is a good point of how uh voiceover is used correctly and how it is absolutely necessary um because just telling us like what's happening uh and growing these potatoes and stuff like that instead of like i mean this kind of sounds like i'm hating on (laughs) his mental you know stress Uh but him saying like oh these potatoes aren't growing like what is happening like (laughs) am i gonna die alone on mars (laughs) yeah (laughs) like no he's gonna science the shit out of it that's what he's gonna do and absolutely keep ragging on disco which is messed up mm. <laughs> disco is not that bad well, <laughs> you uh you brought up um kind of him like the voiceover and him like explaining things a lot and so i think that they kind of found a good solution to that because obviously we're going to be bored if we're not listening to him talk and so kind of the way they did that was by him making video logs for people to maybe find later on and eventually it's you know just him actually communicating um and part of that i think is also just his personality is very outgoing he seems like the kind of person that would probably like talk to himself because you can tell he thinks that he's hilarious and he probably keeps himself entertained quite often (laughs) yeah he definitely does um one thing I do have, like, a gripe about it. I just don't feel like there was, like, any creative, like, shots. Like, the whole mm-hmm. median of, like, it being visual pleasing. It wasn't... There was really none of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I can see what you're talking about. A lot of the shots, like, I think it was, like, competently shot. But, yeah, there wasn't anything, like, super astounding about it's it. It's because um, sci-fi has kind of put, like, this thing together of how, like it needs to be beautiful and maybe this Mm -hmm. was just more of kind of i don't know like a a work movie (laughs) i don't know how to explain that but yeah well i think i know what you mean like you know you take compare this to something like interstellar where i feel like that was more about like the exploration of space and the beyond and the mysteries and stuff like that where this was less about like the mysteries of space and more Mm -hmm. about the science and the practicality about using I mean, it to try and survive and get sci-fi home. but it doesn't feel mm. like oh for sure too uh, like it doesn't feel like crazy like warp me into space or something like that you know <laughs> yeah no because this is yeah it's definitely a science fiction movie for sure um and of course they tried to base this um i know that andy Ware did this and then you know the screenwriters and director and stuff for this of course followed suit and trying to make this as scientifically accurate as possible but at the end of the day it's still science fiction they still took some creative liberties with things like you know like that big storm at the beginning that causes Mm -hmm. this whole problem the first place scientifically wouldn't actually happen on mars Um, they just don't have storms like that 
Um, I didn't know so that. So things like that. Yeah, yeah. So things like that they took some creative liberties with. But, um, yeah, other than that, they you know, they tried to stick to, like, legitimate, like, scientific, like, solutions and things like that. Um, so I guess we can kind of talk of, well... We normally talk about the director, who in this case, of course, is Ridley Scott. We've and, talked um, about him. You can definitely, exactly, we have. Go check out our Alien episode that Logan led. Uh, it was a great episode. Um, it's everything you want to learn about Ridley Scott, you can learn there. I mean, we all know he did Alien, Blade Runner, Black Hawk Down, Thelma and Louise, you know, all these movies. Gladiator. Um, yeah, Gladiator. So you can go listen to uh, more about him in our Alien episode, but... um. You know, there are some Ridley Scott signatures here. I mean, I feel like the opening of the film was very Ridley Scott. You're getting all these, like, shots of, like, the planets and stuff, which is mm-hmm. kind of reminiscent of Alien um, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, so I guess we can kind of skip over him a little bit. Um, <laughs> Unless you had something <laughs> written down. He's not important. Who cares about the director? Um, <laughs> no, I didn't have anything written down because okay. I already talked about him. But, um I have not read the book, The Martian. Um, like you said, you did. Um, it's one. I mean, I'd like to check out at some point. I just yeah, don't find myself popular. reading as much anymore. Um, I know it kind of reminded me a little bit how, like, I mean, this book was published in 2011. The movie came out in 2015, yeah. which is very soon after. So I feel like this was kind of another like Jaws situation where people saw this book that had a lot of potential, and these company, you know, they immediately jumped on it, trying to you know bring it to the big screen, and it was just a huge success. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you said it seems like you you like the book and you think it stuck pretty pretty close to it. Yeah, this stuck pretty close to it. There's definitely some like changes uh throughout the movie uh i have some written down like even the relationship between uh beck and johansson like Mm -hmm. in in the movie like they have like a newborn child or not no that was yeah in the movie well the whole epilogue Mm -hmm. thing i'm getting ahead of myself yeah yeah. was not in in the the book uh like you don't see him like teaching and all that stuff in the book, it just, like, ends with him, like, talking about his current state of, like, hygiene and, mm. like, him celebrating <laughs> the day. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's about it. The epilogue, the relationship, like, it, it's, um, I, it just goes way more into it in the book, where as a movie, I just, I mean, how many scenes were, is about the relationship? I mean, like, even, like, the crew Literally, I don't think. It's just not. Yeah. Well, I think the only time they even like referenced that that relationship was like in the end when they were re- like actually in the process of rescuing him, and she kind of just like kisses his helmet or whatever. I literally think that was the only time they even have some sort of hint of them like being romantically involved. Yeah. So, and then the opening, yeah, which... um, like the opening of the book is like he just says, "I'm pretty much fucked." And then, like, you don't uh-huh. know the flashback until, like, in the middle of the book of, like, what happened. Okay. That's pretty fitting because I know that I like that um, the first thing that he says after waking up alone on Mars. And yeah. there's that, you know, super intense scene of him trying to, like, scramble back to the the hab and, um, you know, get, like performing surgery on himself and stuff and doing all that and then he just sits there kind of the 
reality of his situation sets in and he just says fuck yeah right <laughs> that's um, just the first thing he says and i get why they did that uh it just helps like the movie's pacing better uh mm-hmm. with as a book you can kind of go any shape or direction you want to and also the china mm-hmm. thing um in the movie like there wasn't really like they just asked for help and they kind of got it whereas in the book there's kind of a struggle with it yeah yeah that was super quick yeah i I do i did kind of notice that that felt like something that was really kind of glossed over um probably just for the sake of pacing for the film yeah probably and those were probably the most the biggest difference i recognize again it's been a while since i've read the book but it was kind of coming back to me it was like oh wait that didn't happen like that or like oh that was pretty pretty similar so Mm mm-hmm um so yeah one of the huge things about this movie as we kind of talked about is the massive cast and there's so many characters um do you have any like favorites that stand out uh other than mark or marty or whatever uh yeah other than mark watney because he's obviously gonna be everyone's (laughs) favorite character because how do you not love him he's a freaking space pirate like Like, come on (laughs) childish gambino's character for the brief time we have him Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah definitely sorry i'm just trying to get the cast up they need they should also like they should have put christian wig in there more too i just like christian wig a lot but yeah yeah as for characters rick martinez i think is probably i think that's a cop-out answer too but (laughs) i know like i i love michael pena he's like so good in like every role that he does they're all kind of very similar roles but he's always just like so much fun to watch yeah, he um, just feels like a friend. <laughs> yeah. I also really like Sean Bean in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I like kind of... He didn't die. I was character... I know, he didn't die. It was amazing. And I, I also like how he kind of just like... <laughs> just had a, he just like collapsed from a heart, heart attack, attack at the end for no <laughs> reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just like him, and I like how he's kind of like sticking up for, you know, for everyone the whole time, and kind of... Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's kind of... I mean, everyone, for the most part, is pretty much like the good guy in this movie but you know i just feel like he really is like a good guy you know what i'm saying he, he wears vests <laughs> he wears sweater vests that's how you know he's <laughs> see i that's the opposite sweater vest makes me uncomfortable <laughs> for some reason i like uh vincent yeah. too i mean mm-hmm. like he was just thick of it and also uh what was uh benedict wong character's name uh oh yeah i don't remember his like, name but i think it was bruce i don't know i don't know maybe but something like that i like this character too yeah i like him i'm i'm starting to notice benedict wong more um obviously since he's been popping up in all the marvel movies now mm-hmm. i'll kind of go back and watch movies and be like oh i forgot he was in this and yeah i'm really starting to appreciate him a lot as an actor i, I enjoy him a yeah, lot he's real good i jeff daniels character is probably like i don't know not the most lovable uh-huh <laughs> but he, he's kind of fun to hate though yeah he is and like you, you need that you can see where he's coming from he's kind of like the devil the devil's advocate guy yeah. or whatever you know um but yeah so this is a survival movie um the survival movie genre is like really big. I was kind of sitting here thinking about it, and I realized like, really, just how many types of movies kind of 
fall into this survival category like you have you know wilderness survival movies like into the wild and like the revenant um then you have like war movies which a lot of those i'd say could be considered survival movies like black hawk down or lone survivor saving private ryan even um i guess it just depends how like broad you want to go with this yeah. idea of survival you also have like natural disaster movies um you have alien invasion movies the monster movies like battle royales like you they know, the do Hunger be surviving and stuff like that yeah but um so i guess you know all those really are survival movies but what at least in my opinion kind of the core of what i think of when i think of a survival film that i think all of these other kind of subgenres of survival pull from is um kind of just this solo survival or like a small group where it's kind of just one person or a couple people stranded in this intense situation where they have nothing but like their know-how and the limited resources around them to try to survive and escape their situation and at least for me like that's i think the kind of survival films that i enjoy the most i would agree because that's like what comes to my head is like cast away like 127 hours where it's mm-hmm. kind of like just you and a, a little pocket knife or something <laughs> uh yeah yeah um have you seen all is lost like the robert redford movie all is lost uh yeah no, i don't think i have actually okay that's a really good one we're actually just like the only reason I found out about it is because I found it on Blu-ray at the thrift store for like a dollar. And I was like, sure, I'll check it out. Yeah. It was uh, directed by J.C. Chandor, who also did, um, what did he do? He did Triple Frontier, okay. The Most Violent Year. Um, but this movie is literally, Robert Redford is the only actor that like you see in the whole film. And it's just him alone on his boat out in the ocean and a storm comes through and you know it kind of follows your typical you know ocean survival movie you know you got like life of pie and yeah stuff like that but um yeah it's literally just robert redford trying to survive out in the open ocean for older probably like it's 2013 yeah yeah okay yeah 2013 um you know it's relatively short hour 45 minutes which is I'd say anytime you have a movie with only one actor, if you're pushing past the hour forty five minute mark, like you're gonna you're gonna lose my interest real quick. <laughs> oh, I agree. It'd be horrible to watch mm-hmm. like just Frodo walking. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But um that's one I definitely recommend. I think All Is Lost is a great um, Okay. I'll definitely That's one I would out. maybe consider doing an episode on, but I just don't think like there's enough. there's enough to really dive yeah. into with it so that's why i'm going to kind of shoehorn it in here and recommend it to you guys when have we're on the topic the, uh, of survival survivalist movies. that's a classic i actually have not was well, yeah 2015 it's like a like a food shortage and they have to live off like a small plot of land in the forest and uh it, it's uh it gets intense you have to check it out yeah. it's pretty it's really good sure sure Cool. but um yeah so you kind of you kind of agree do you have any sort of other definition of how you see survival movies i well yeah like i said like just by yourself with a little pocket knife not necessarily <laughs> i would say like i guess you don't have to be alone um or, like 
even in a little group, I, I I never really thought of it like if it's alien invasion or anything like that. But for the genre mm-hmm. of just being a survival, like someone in a unpredictable situation that has to just use resources around them. Like I am Legend, yeah. you know. I would even say Captain mm-hmm. Phillips is. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Cool. Um, yeah, so let's get into some letterboxed reviews for The Martian. This review is from a single white famalian. Uh, <laughs> they left him on Mars because he's a stupid-ass idiot man who can't stop complaining about disco, which objectively slaps. Die, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, wow. So we got a Mark Watney hater over here. Uh <laughs> You know, as as much as you may or may not like disco, I think that I could take my 10 favorite songs of all time, and if that's all that I had to listen to for, you know, more than a year, I would probably get tired of it too. So, you know, I'm going to be on Watney's side life. here. <laughs> so I, I think I'd be fine. <laughs> and this review is from Hunter. It says, uh, Jimmy Kimmel would have left him there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot how they had their... <laughs> weird little the, uh, beef their 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 rivalry i honestly you know i've i went down that youtube rabbit hole probably a couple years ago yeah there's some actually there's some pretty entertaining stuff there for those who don't know there's this like you know obviously it's just played up for mm-hmm. you know entertainment purposes but there's like a quote-unquote rivalry between jimmy kimmel and matt damon and it absolutely kills me um they've done so many funny stuff like on kimball's show with it and like doing like awards presentations at like the oscars and stuff like that so um anytime one of them's presenting and i know the other one's going to be there i always look forward to some kind of dig but uh see i'm on the opposite side i think it's corny as hell (laughs) it's corny as hell but i think some of the uh, the occasional thing they come up with is pretty funny and then this one is from mario I don't really get what the big deal about being alone on Mars is. Seems like a lovely place for social distancing. Classic. So, Gotta get COVID problem solved. Uh, oh, of course, of course. Um, the pandemic is now over. Just go to Mars, uh, yep. pick your plot of land, pitch a tent, and, uh, you know, th- that's how we get through this. Uh, and Elon <laughs> Musk will be waiting for you. <laughs> With his uh, Tesla Roadster. <laughs> yeah, and his baby that's called x (laughs) beep beep bop bop (laughs) all right um uh, we're gonna close this up with fun fact hour for the martian (laughs) Uh, ridley scott has said that matt damon's solo scenes were shot for five weeks straight after which damon was relieved from the schedule consequently Matt Damon did not see most of his co-stars again until the cast was reunited to promote the film. Um, That's got to be kind of disappointing. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's got to be kind of disappointing, like, you know, having being in this movie with so many huge names, but you're, like, the one character that's just, like, alone for, like, 95% of the runtime. Not hanging out with, like, Christian Wiig and Michael Pena would suck. For real, for real. Um, NASA was consulted in order to get aspects of space and space travel correct, specifically in relation to Mars with the most accuracy. Uh, NASA is federally funded, yet charges no one, including private for-profit organizations, any fees for use of and access to its archives and consultancy. Which I think that's cool. I like that they're 
so like open and like wanting you know films and books and stuff like that just to be like as accurate with the science as they can be i think that's really cool yeah i feel like they do that all the time too they must have like just a department like a hollywood department (laughs) honestly i mean you have so many like space and sci-fi movies coming out all the time i feel like they have to and then you have like neil degrassi tyson on his twitter like just (laughs) shitting on your movie like this is inaccurate this is inaccurate they didn't talk enough i was like damn it's a movie chill out Uh, a real potato farm was installed on the studio lot with potatoes in all stages of growth so that they could be used for filming did Makes they sense they, did they sell those potatoes i sure hope like so the corn? i doubt they would have just thrown them all yeah like the corn from it <laughs> we're yeah. gonna sell the potatoes and get all of our money back <laughs> <laughs> not donated no. to people that could actually not... eat <laughs> No, of course not. This is Hollywood, Logan. Um, Matt Damon was willing to lose a massive amount of weight for the scene towards the end of the movie, but Ridley Scott forbade it. Um, I guess Matt Damon had already done it once while filming Courage Under Fire, uh, which came out in 1996, but this had had seriously compromised his health, and he had to be under medical supervision for a long time afterwards. So for The Martian, they used a body double instead, which is probably the way to go. Uh, not yeah. everyone is Christian Bale and can just, you know, gain and lose 200 pounds anytime they want to for a movie role. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I, glad I, they, they did that. I feel like there's so many actors that do it, and I just, it can't be good for you. But when they do it, they always win an Oscar. So, like, people are going to keep mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you lost so much weight, and it's really bad for you. So let's give you the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Dedication. Uh, <laughs> dedication. Uh, this movie was shot in 72 days, which uh, that's pretty impressive. But it is, yeah. Because, I mean, there's so much going on in this film, but I guess that's maybe part of why everything feels like so simplistic in how it's like shot and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess because like... they were just cranking through it anything it's like hard i guess mm-hmm. and uh they also shot this movie in jordan by the way i don't think i mentioned that but whenever they have you know they're on these like outdoor mars landscapes whenever they're not on one of their back lots or something they, they were filming in jordan um, i was wondering about that because i was like it like was it the whole time was on a back lot but that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah Um, In the novel, when Mark Watney is rescued, he mentions that if this were a Hollywood movie, the entire crew would gather in the airlock and high-five each other, and this is exactly what happened at the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, I I do not remember that. That's hilarious, though. Uh, And uh, the last fact here, uh, Drew Goddard, who wrote the screenplay for this film, he was uh, set to direct the movie at one point, but he left the role in order to go direct the Sinister Six film for Sony, um, kind of continuing their like amazing Spider-Man franchise. But obviously that failed, and you know Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was no more. So he kind of left the project for nothing, which sucks for him. But um, after that, Ridley Scott read the script and jumped into the project uh, rather than making a Prometheus sequel. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy with that, you know. We didn't need the Sinister Six film, and Ridley Scott 
probably did a better job directing I this mean, than Drew Goddard would. <laughs> Ridley Scott's been on a dry spell, so like mm-hmm. until The Martian. So I'm I'm glad yeah. he did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else did Drew Goddard do? I've actually got to look at this now. I don't. I know I've heard I just about try this to guy. Look it up, and I couldn't easily find something. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um. You looks like re- he's done a lot of a lot of producing for stuff. It sound, looks see. like Godzilla, son of Godzilla. Son of Godzilla. I don't know. I don't know. Well, while I'm lo- while I'm looking into this, Logan, do you have any uh, final thoughts or impressions on the movie? The Cabin in the Woods. Um, I don't know if he directed that. What'd you say, Jacob? <laughs> it was your job to keep them entertained, Logan. Okay, never mind. I'm on his page now. So he wrote The Martian, Cabin in the Woods, World War Z, um, Bad Times at the El Royale, which I've heard good things about that movie, but I never yeah. watched it. Is it okay. Um Oh, it looks like he's also writing another... Oh, I've heard about this. So there's an upcoming Andy Weir novel um, called... Hail Ma- Project Hail Mary, yeah. um, which is described as a solitary tale of an astronaut on a spaceship who is tasked with saving the planet. Um, you know that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, it does. I guess he's getting get into the space thing, but um, so I guess that Drew Goddard is working on writing a screenplay adaptation for that book, and it's also currently set to be directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, okay. who did the Lego movie. Yep. This is all one big web that we're weaving here I on this show. I swear it is. <laughs> so that could be cool. That could be cool. Yeah. Although that also sounds kind of like Ad Astra, which was super disappointing. So let's hope that it's hey, not like that. That's you know, Ad Astra was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It was so boring. It was. Gone. <laughs> I was about to say, did you not give that movie like two stars? <laughs> Look, I love how it looked, and it was so beautiful, but it was so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I majored in film, I might love it. Who knows? <laughs> Alas, you did not. All right, so that is The Martian. Any closing thoughts, Logan? Um, Closing thoughts about The Martian. I'm glad I finally watched it. Uh, wish I watched it sooner, but, you know, there's no perfect time like time today. <laughs> there's no time like the present. Yeah, cause, and that's why they called a gift. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> All right, so uh, follow us on social media. We're on uh, Instagram at We Minored in Film, Twitter and Letterboxd at Minored in Film, and we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on The Martian. Uh, stay tuned for our social media. Sometimes we do um, you know, polls and ask questions for you guys. We like to keep in touch with you all, and we'd love to hear any suggestions for films that you would like to have us do next, or if you have any bonus episode ideas any kind of just fun random film topics for us to get into just uh let us know and we are doing scream for next week so please watch it um and uh yeah we'll get to it all right i'm jacob weiss i'm logan elrod and we minored in film